Man Up, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. I am Joe Stopulis, and today I am joined again by Keith Nestor. Keith was a speaker at the Christ Our Life Conference, had him on a couple weeks ago to discuss his conversion to the faith. And I've got a lot more questions for him. I said, hey, man, I need to get you back on the show. I had a lot of things we couldn't cover, and he was gracious to join me again today. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I think... I'm so interested in stories of conversion. You know, part of it's because because you know, I'm a cradle Catholic. You know, I was born into this, and there's some good things that obviously come of that. My kids are clearly going to be cradle Catholics because I, I, I want them to be Catholic. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I'm just there's so much to learn from from our, our friends who have converted, and you know, some of my best friends. I just love picking their brains on this because I'm so interested in it. I'm so interested in. I've never in my life had to make this you know, giant seismic shift. Uh, to move from a church to the Catholic Church, and so it's it's I, I think it's extraordinarily uh, obviously brave, but it's it's something that's laudable in so many ways that they they take their faith so seriously to to change their life. I mean, it just speaks volumes of anyone, right? That if you're going to take your faith so seriously, that you're going to do that. I just think there's a lot to learn from anyone who's a convert to the faith, and that's why I love asking my friends who are converts, you know, all these great questions about, you know, how did you do? What were the hurdles? What were the step, the stumbling blocks? And you know, what is the fruit that's come out of that? I think there's so much I can learn as someone who's just been in this for 37 years to help rejuvenate my own faith. So Keith was on, talked about his journey, and I've got a lot more questions for him. Uh, so stick around. We're gonna head to a short break, and when we come back, Keith Nestor will be joining me. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Mercy One, your expert circle of personalized care for all your health needs. With more care locations than anyone, your best life is their one purpose. Find your doctor at mercyone.org. Thank you, Builder Ken Construction, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Builder Ken Construction is a commercial general contractor. Projects range from tenant improvements, historical renovations, to high-rise buildings. Learn more at bdconstruct.com. Thank you, Builder Ken Construction, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry. Sarah is an apostolate dedicated to the support of new and existing vocations to the priesthood and consecrated life. Learn more at joinsarah.org, joinserra.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Deary of Ames, home of Warranty Forever, offering new, used, and commercial vehicles, as well as service and Mopar parts. Deary of Ames is located just off of Highway 30 at the Dayton Avenue exit and online at dearyames.com. My Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Excited today to be joined with, by Keith Nestor again. Keith was a former Protestant pastor who converted to Catholicism. Uh, if you were a Christ Our Life, you know him well. Uh, he gave a great talk there. He's from Eastern Iowa and was recently on the show a couple weeks back. So if you haven't heard our interview, go back and listen to it. Keith, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's good to be here. Hey, man. So really enjoyed the conversation last time, and I kind of alluded to it at the end of our conversation, which is I've got so many questions I still have to ask you. Uh, and so I'm glad we can get back in the on the, the, the show to 
to talk about it. But again, your your story, there were so many great takeaways from for me, you know, from from let's start with the the Devin character in the story, oh, which is sure. having this having this idea of all of us are called to be Devins in some way, right? All of us are called to live the Catholic faith authentically. People should know we're Catholic and it should be it should be uh, it should be appealing to them, right? And so Devin lived in a, a appealing faith. He shared his faith with you, and I thought there was a lot of a lot of good that can come from just that little story right there. And then also, you taking this courageous leap of faith uh, to basically give up your livelihood that you provided for your family with to follow the Lord. And I thought, wow, that that's what we're all called to do. We're all called to to trust the Lord so much so that we'll we'll go wherever He leads us. So there was a lot of good takeaways. Again, if you haven't heard. Uh, that go back to the podcast and listen to it. But today, Keith, we never even really got to talk about your entrance into the faith as far as, you know, what what were those stumbling blocks? What were those roadblocks? I'm just, I'm curious on, as you were converting, talk to us about, you know, early on, what were the, the major things that you had to, to overcome? And then maybe what were some of those last barriers that you had to jump over as you were becoming Catholic? Well, I think there's two phases to conversion to Catholicism for people who, have been um, non-Catholic Christians. The first phase has to do with understanding the paradigm of that there is a church that Jesus started because we oftentimes grow up outside of the church with this understanding that there, you know, when the Bible talks about the church or when Jesus talks about the church, it's just this like invisible group of people that, are anyone who believes in Jesus. There isn't this understanding that any particular expression of Christianity could be something unique to itself that, you know, was founded by Jesus. So the light kind of goes on when you go, wait a minute, there, there is a church, you know, or at least one that's claiming to be the church founded by Christ that has the fullness of the faith. So you have those that that moment when you recognize the paradigm is different than what you're used to, because when you're a Protestant Christian, you just sort of go, well, it doesn't matter really what kind of Christian I am. You know, yeah, there are different flavors there are different varieties, but that's not really what matters. What matters is that you have this faith in Jesus. But when you talk to a Catholic who says, well, there's really this this greater understanding of what is meant by the church and the fullness of it, then you start to look into it and go, OK, well, what does the Catholic church teach? So then you have these moments where you have to wrestle with everything that the Catholic church teaches. That's different than what you had been brought up in. So there are, there are always these objections, like the things that are distinctly Catholic, the papacy, the Marian dogmas, typically things like purgatory. So um, things like the Bible and tradition, all of those, those things that are differences, you begin to look at those things. And, and oftentimes they are obstacles that you have to deal with one by one. I certainly had those as well. So phase one, I would call it, is dealing with those things. And uh, the biggest obstacle, of course, is understanding how the Bible is viewed differently as a Catholic versus as a Protestant. And what I mean by this is when you're a Protestant, typically you want to be able to feel like everything you believe you have a chapter and verse for. But as a Catholic, there are a lot of things that you you don't necessarily look at it that way. You know, there are certainly scriptural foundations behind everything that we believe as Catholics, but it's just handled differently. Now, that isn't to say 
that within Protestantism, there aren't things that that you can point to or that you can't point to chapter and verse and go, well, what about this? What about that? You know, what I've learned going through this process was there were a whole lot of things I believed as a Protestant that I didn't have any more scriptural foundation for than a lot of the things that I believe now as a Catholic. Do you have an, exa- do you have an example of that? So, yeah, a great example of that would be, you know, we want to say things like, well, where is purgatory found in the Bible? You know, show me the verse that says that there is a purgatory. And, you know, you're not going to find a verse that says this is purgatory, but you will find all of these things foundationally that show us purgatory, things like the prayers for the dead, things like when St. Paul talks about um, that if any man's work is is built on hay and straw, he himself can be saved, but only as one escaping through flames because his works will be judged, but yet he'll, he'll be saved. And then you have Jesus, of course, saying things like this type of sin will not be forgiven in this age or the age to come. So you have these, these ideas that you find in the new Testament that allude to something different than what you think. Now, as a Protestant, you go, okay, well, what are some things that I believed that don't have chapter and verse? you know, necessarily the same way that I expect the Catholics do. And of course, you know, you can point to things like we believe God is a Trinity, but the word Trinity isn't found. There's no scripture that says God is a Trinity. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a, that is a, a belief that we fundamentally hold based on the concepts that are taught in the Bible, but there's nowhere in the Bible that says explicitly God is a Trinity. Yeah. Another thing would be the canon of the new Testament itself. Yeah. We believe, we believe that, these are the books that have come to us, but as a Bible-only Christian, that viewpoint we wrestle with because that viewpoint isn't in the Bible itself. And I'm sure that there are others, but those are the the main things that I think about. I guess others could be things related to baptism or um, salvation by faith alone. These are things that a lot of Protestants believe, but you can find scriptures that teach the opposite or... Um, you can struggle to find an explicit verse that deals with exactly that. So when you start walking through those objections and you start looking at things, it's interesting how, how they will just begin to fall apart. That's what happened for me. I was like, you know, it's like one by one, these things began to get knocked down. So that's phase one. Phase two is a little bit differently. That's that's or a little bit different. It's more of a personal thing of, okay, now that I'm recognizing the Catholic church is true, can I become a Catholic? Like in my own life, what would that look like? And for me personally, that was a much bigger obstacle because of what I was doing. You know, I was a pastor. So to be Catholic wasn't just, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can see that. Let's just try being Catholic. It was a, a much bigger deal for me than that. So then it had to deal with my own personal sense of calling is, I'm a, I'm a pastor. Does God really want me to stop being that? And do I have to turn my back on everything I'm doing right now because of what I'm believing about the Catholic church? So that was another level of, of obstacle I had to overcome. And obviously your, your stakes were higher than most, I can't say higher than all, or you know, most probably where you're, you're literally your livelihood is tied to this decision that you're grappling with. You know, for most people, it's probably not that it's, but I will say it also is probably alienation of family, right? So there's probably that there's alienation of friend groups. There's going to be, there's going to be for everyone that's making this decision. There's going to be some level, maybe it's not your livelihood, but it's, it's probably uh, your support group for sure. Uh, There's probably a lot of things like that going into it. I'm sure. Yeah. And I think everybody has different levels of what that looks like. So 
for whomever it is, whether it's your job or maybe it is your family or what, whatever it could be. Everybody has a different set of circumstances and sacrifices that they are going to have to make to become Catholic. And the, the, the question is, and I see this all the time, Joe, like where people are saying, okay, I want to become Catholic, but I got a problem because, um, you know, I'm married to a person who was divorced and the Catholic church doesn't like that. So what do I do? You know, something like that, where there's something non-doctrine related yeah. in terms of their practical reality that they have to go, this could be an issue for me if I do this. And a lot of people just bail on it. I remember talking to a person one time who was like, yeah, I really wanted to be Catholic, but you know, I didn't want to have to go through the whole annulment thing. So I just decided to become a non-denominational Christian instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So step one is that you've, you've you kind of have to understand that there is a church that Jesus founded and then have that you know, start wrestling with the belief of that. Step two is this personal over overcoming of my, my personal journey to, to yeah. get there. What is there another step after that? What's uh, oh, there, there? there probably is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, once you become Catholic, then that opens up a whole bunch yeah. of other steps of what does it look like and yeah. how do I well, do it? Yeah. And again, even within that, right. So now that's where I'm at in, I was cradle Catholic, but even within that world, you know, there's, there's decisions that have to be made all the time. Oh yeah. And that's, you know, there's, that's one of the cool things about Catholicism, which my listeners have heard me say is just how wide the world is within the Catholic world. Right. I mean, you have so many levels of, I mean, that, again, also we are a universal church. So, you know, physically we are spread everywhere, but then also just in what we're doing, I thought Matt Frad, I love this line. I'll probably use it forever. He at that conference said something like you literally cannot do in his funny Australian accent. You literally, can't, I can't do it. You literally cannot do all the things, right? You'd be wearing like 15 scapulars. You'd be having 20 rosaries a day. You'd be doing all the devotions. You would run out of time and you couldn't possibly do it all. And so because of that, we in the Catholic faith have to choose the things that are, that bring us closer to God. The good news is there's a ton of ways to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, so in your own life, then, so you had, what was the last major hurdle for you to overcome outside of obviously the personal one for you had to have been it Were there, was there theological hurdles? Was it, was it Mary? Was it the papacy? Was it, which was the, the hardest one for you to get over? Well, the hardest one probably wasn't the last one. I would say the the hardest one would have been for me was purgatory okay. because to me, I felt like that was the one that was most inconsistent with my understanding of the gospel because okay. I had I had believed and and that that when Christ forgives you of your sins, that it's just over and done with. And I and I didn't have an understanding of temporal punishments, of penance, things like that, because I I I was in the very much in the camp that when your sins are forgiven, that's just the end. God has completely forgotten about them. So for me to understand a different way of seeing that was was uh, probably the most difficult, uh, but that you now see the last you now one. see it in light uh, of like it being a positive good. Do you and how what's your relationship with it now? Well, yeah. So the way I see it now is that purgatory is an act of mercy. Not a, I used to look at it as well. That's not fair. If I'm forgiven, then I shouldn't have to suffer. I shouldn't have to be purged of anything. Yeah. Okay. That was that was the view I used to focus on. Now I look at it as an act of mercy. And the way I look at it as an act of mercy is to say, hey, I even if Christ forgives me, I still don't deserve heaven because I'm still attached to my sin in some way. Like there's still things that I haven't done just in my own heart to be prepared 
to see God, but God loves me enough anyway that he doesn't send me to hell. He's just going to help me get rid of those things. So yeah. when you view it more as a purification, an act of mercy, rather than just God can't get over your problems. So he has to punish you, even though, you know, he can forgive you. I think that's that goes a little bit more into the heart of what it's for rather than God just can't get over your sin. No, that's great. Uh, moving on to the, the, I'm curious on the Marian stuff. Do you remember like the first time you prayed to Hail Mary, the first time you did a rosary? What what, what was that like? Oh boy. Well, um, I can't remember. I think the first time I, I see, it's hard to, it's hard to know that because I remember being in situations when I was kind of walking towards Catholicism where the rosary is being prayed and I'm kind of halfway there with it, but I don't know if that counts versus the times that I actually was like, I am going to do this. And that kind of came later for me, but the Marian stuff wasn't as big of a stumbling block for me as it is for a lot of Protestants. Cause I, I understood the difference between asking for Mary's intercession versus praying for her, yep. you know, yep. or, or praying to her yeah. and worshiping her. Right. Yeah. Like I understand the difference, but a lot of people get hung up on that. And for me, I, I just looked at the scriptures and even when I was a Protestant, like one of the things that helped me become Catholic was studying Luke chapter one, when Gabriel came to her, you know, I think we talked about this before, but seeing what the church fathers taught about her and seeing how she is um, type, the typology of her in the scripture, that wasn't as much of a stumbling block for me as it is for other people. Now I had to decide, was I going to be that kind of Catholic, you know, pray the rosary and all that kind of stuff. And I just decided, well, Hey, I'm doing this. I might as well, I might as well get all the Catholic I can get, you know, not like <laughs> trying to be like, well, I'm going to be Catholic, but I'm not going to do this. Oh. So I decided to do it. And once I started doing it, it was, it was amazing how it, how it changed my life. Really? You, 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 you noticed it pretty dramatically. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I mean, that's why we lead the rosary every day. You know, we've been praying it every day on my YouTube channel for knocking on three years. You so know, every single day, every day on your YouTube channel. Yeah. Every, we started March 18th, 2020, and we have done an online live stream rosary every day since. Holy moly. I did not, I, I think I'd heard that you'd done something with it. I didn't realize there was that. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it literally goes out to, there's people from 80 countries that pray with us, thousands of people every single day. Whoa. And whatever we do, that's what we're doing at five o'clock central Monday through Friday. And on the weekends I do it earlier in the day, but so five yeah, o'clock started this right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I didn't know I'd never led the rosary before I was intimidated by it and scared to do it. But somebody asked me to do it right as the pandemic was starting. I thought, all right, I'll do this for two weeks. And wow. it, is, it has just been incredible. We've kept doing it. So now that's, you know, that's where my latest book came from, you know, unpacking the mysteries of the rosary grew out of that experience. Our live stream prayer community is incredible. And I mean, we've got literally thousands of people every single day praying with us. Wow. So what's your, what is, it, is Keith Nestor? I'm not on YouTube. I'm not very hip. What is so I have the, two YouTube channels? So the, the one, the one that the rosary is on is called rosary crew with Keith Nestor. Okay. So I started a separate YouTube channel just for that because I do other stuff on YouTube too. And it was kind of the, the lines were getting blurred between yeah. one thing or the other. So I decided we just need our own YouTube channel. So I have two. So Keith Nestor is where you find my Bible studies and all my videos about the faith, but then our rosary prayer channels just called rosary crew with Keith Nestor. Okay, cool. So you can check that out. 5 p.m. Central, and then you're doing around the world. That's that is really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, we're live 5 p.m. Central. But if, if you can't catch it live, you can always you can always pray on the replay. I mean, we, we have many thousands of people that pray on the replay. But if you can catch it live, you just go 5 p.m. Central onto that channel. Make sure you subscribe and have all your notifications, all that stuff. So YouTube will notify you. Um, but we also it's also on Facebook too. Rosary Crew with Keith Nestor on Facebook. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of the most important things I do every day. I was going to say, all right, that answers the question about your devotion to the rosary. That's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about saints? Did you have a struggle with that at all? With, with, it sounds like, no, it sounds like you kind of understood that, but I'm curious, did you, were there any hurdles there? No, not really. Like I, I've always been a history guy. I love church history and I've, you know, I've, the, the, the intercession of the saints is always something I thought was really cool. Like that wasn't an issue for me. My yeah. issues had to do with things that I felt like were related to the gospel or, you know, the papacy was an issue for me at, in the very beginning. Okay. Um, but once I really started digging into that, I sort of started there. And and that one to me as a as a Catholic now, like I look at that and I think that's the most important um, doctrine because everything rises in Catholicism, rises and falls on the papacy. If that's not true, then there's no good reason to be a Catholic. And if it is true, then there's no good reason not to be. That's true. Um, do you have a favorite like ostensibly Catholic saint? Uh, well, my confirmation saint was Ignatius of Antioch. And oh. I would say. He's, he's, he's definitely up there, but I'm also learning a lot about St. Francis of Assisi right now. And I, I really like him, even though he freaks me out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm learning more and more about saints. Um, and yeah, if you, I just, if you like Francis, you got to talk with John Leonetti, John, uh, he, he just did a pilgrimage out that way and he's in a CC and he's on a huge, he always has been for the last while on a huge CC kick. But yeah, when you talk to him about St. Francis, you're gonna realize this guy was hardcore. Oh um, yeah. I've been oh, to yeah. a CC. I went to a CC in like 2004 awesome. and I didn't really know much about St. Francis. And now I'm uh somebody gave me a first class relic of St. Francis. And so in my prayer room, I have that relic. So I thought, you know, I need to get to know St. Yeah. Francis. And I saw one of my friends is a third order, um, Franciscan mm-hmm. and gave me all these books. So I've been reading through You're these books and man, I'm telling you what, that guy was hardcore. Like the stuff that he did and, and the Franciscans, I, I just look at that and it's intimidating because I'm just like, I could oh, never yeah. be that holy, you yeah. know, but no, it's, it's, inspiring. it's next level, next level. Hey Keith, I want to head to a short break. I want to keep you around. I want to talk through uh, your, your books uh, and how our, our listeners can get that. So stick around. We're head to a short break and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Matt Wilkham from the Catholic Morning Show. Join me along with Father P.J. McManus for Iowa Catholic Radio's Footprints of God Holy Land Pilgrimage, November 2023. Expert guides Steve and Janet Ray will lead us on this spiritually enriching biblical adventure. We'll visit Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus said, You are Peter. Nazareth, including the Church of the Annunciation, plus the House of the Holy Family. Space is limited. Early bird pricing available. Full brochure and details at iowacatholicradio.com. At Intervisions Healthcare, we see patients with unplanned pregnancies from ages 12 to 43. An unplanned pregnancy is traumatic at any age. For that reason, we specialize in educating, encouraging, and empowering vulnerable and at-risk mothers facing an unexpected pregnancy with the medical information and services necessary for them to make an informed decision. For more information on the free medical services at Intervisions Healthcare or to support our mission or become a volunteer, visit IVHcare.org. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. 
Excited to be joined with Keith Nestor, uh, still talking through his conversion and all the hurdles that went through it. Now you're all the way and you've been you've been writing books, Keith. Can you tell us about what you've what you've written uh, and how we can get it? Sure. So the first book I wrote is called The Convert's Guide to Roman Catholicism, Your First Year in the Church. And I started writing that book um, about 14 months after I was a Catholic. And I really wanted to talk about what it's like, you know, kind of that second level of conversion from beyond the doctrinal things to, okay, what's this going to be like to go from Protestantism to Catholicism in terms of the practicalities of everyday life? Things like, well, how do you tell your friends you're becoming Catholic? (laughs) How do you you find a good parish to go to? Which devotions do you pray or do since you can't do all of them? Um, Sort of a, a, um, a walk through the mass, why everything is the way it is, that kind of stuff. Just what does it feel like to be Catholic? Because it's different. You know, it's not just like changing toothpaste. It's a different universe. And and I and I wanted I wanted to have a book that wasn't just so apologetic or focused on doctrine, but a book, but a book that was like, okay, this is what it feels like to be a Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so it's targeted toward those who are new to the church or coming in. But what I've learned is that cradle Catholics have loved this book. They've really appreciated it because it's given them a fresh perspective on their faith. Awesome. The second book. Uh, just came out in September. It's called Unpacking the Mysteries of the Rosary, Connecting the Spiritual Fruits to Your Daily Life. And this is a book that is completely different. This is one that has is born out of my own personal meditations on the mysteries of the rosary. And it's basically a way to interact with the rosary in a completely new method that you've probably ever done before. And uh, it's it's meant to be a book that you that you use to help you interact with these mysteries so that the rosary isn't something that you just pray through mindlessly, but that you're entering into what's going on with these mysteries. Awesome. I'm assuming Amazon, other places you can get them. Yeah. They're both available on amazon.com, but also on my website, which is down to earth ministries.org down the number two earth ministry.org. So, um, yeah, if you just look that up, you just Google Keith Nestor down to earth. You'll, you'll find, find it all. And you can subscribe yeah. to the YouTube channels and all this stuff. Well, Keith, I appreciate your time, man. These are two great episodes. And again, just keep up the great work with your My ministry. pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're the man. Hey, thanks for joining me today on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis. It's time to man up. Man up. Inspiring men to live out their call to holiness. 